Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Now, all of us have probably been judged by others, perhaps unfairly. We've been at the receiving end of those indulging in the favorite pastime of many of judging others. Well, we're going to hear directly from the lips of our Lord Jesus something about judgment. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Followers of Christ are called to make wise decisions and avoid temptation and sin. We're also commanded to show mercy to others and not be judgmental. So how do we make wise judgments without becoming judgmental? That important biblical balance is what we're discussing today as we join Pastor John Monroe for part two of a message titled, Don't Judge Me. America's favorite verse used to be John 3.16, but now it may be Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not, that you be not judged. This verse is often taken out of its context, and last time we began to understand what these opening verses of Matthew 6 mean and what they don't mean. In life, there are times when it is necessary to make a judgment or come to a conclusion about something. But we must be careful that we're not being judgmental. And we must realize that the standard by which we judge others will be the standard by which we are judged. That's fair, isn't it? Jesus also warns us against hypocrisy and gives us a marvelous and quite funny illustration of that important principle. Now. Let's listen to the teaching of Jesus. Matthew 7, verse 1. Our Lord Jesus says, Judge not, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus is saying, don't be judgmental. Now, having said what the verses mean, Let me tell you what they don't mean. Jesus is not saying that we should abandon our critical faculties. There are things which are right and there are things which are wrong, which are clearly stated in the Word of God. And yes, there is time to make a judgment. There's a difference between making a judgment and being judgmental. Now look at verse 2. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That is, Jesus is saying, the standard by which you judge others will be the standard by which you're judged. Now that's fair, isn't it? You see, you're far more likely to receive mercy from others if you yourself have been merciful to them. Isn't that what Jesus said in one of the Beatitudes? Chapter 5, verse 7, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. James chapter 2, verse 13. Listen to this. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy, don't you love this, triumphs over judgment. What do you want from your friends, from your family? Justice? Or I, want, I want mercy because I mess up sometimes. And certainly with God. If I get justice from God, I'm in hell because I'm a sinner. No, I don't want justice. Yes, God is a just God and has provided a way where his justice is maintained. 
Because what I deserve falls on his son, but I, through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, receive mercy because God is abundant in mercy. And in my relationships and in your relationships, surely we don't want to be known as people who are censorious, as self-righteous Pharisees. We're not to be like that, no. We're to be people of mercy, people of grace. Yes, of justice but justice based not on our own ideas, not on our prejudices, but on the solid word of God. So there's the first, coming from the first two verses, don't be judgmental. Now Jesus develops this beautifully and almost humorously in verses three through five, where he says, don't be a hypocrite. First, don't be judgmental. Secondly, don't be a hypocrite. Verse three, Uh, Jesus gives an illustration, a brilliant illustration uh, of his point. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eyes? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And Jesus gives an illustration here. It's a kind of parable, isn't it? And for the point of emphasis, uh, Jesus presents an almost ridiculous situation. Uh, An individual has a plank of wood in his eye, and it's obvious to everyone, but he seems to be in blissful ignorance of his terrible defect. So he's got this big plank of wood in his eye, uh, but then he looks at his brother, although he can't see very clearly because of the plank, and he sees a tiny speck in his brother's eye. Uh, That speck in his brother's eye is almost indiscernible, but he's able to see it. And then he approaches his brother to take that little speck out of his eye. The whole thing is laughable. And that's the point of the illustration, isn't it? You get it, don't you? You understand it. Notice what Jesus says, verse five. You hypocrite. You hypocrite. That's strong, isn't it? We understand the Pharisees and the scribes were hypocrites. Uh, Jesus is going to make that clear in chapter 23 of Matthew. But now he's addressing you and me. When we do that, we are hypocrites. Now, if you're going to deal with that tiny speck in your brother's eye, first deal with that huge log in your own eye. You see, our own faults are more difficult to see than other people's faults, aren't they? In fact, we can be guilty of the same fault and we see it in someone else and we miss it in ourselves. Furthermore, taking the speck out of your brother's eye, that's a good thing to do. But taking the speck out of your brother's eye is a matter requiring prayerful sensitivity, care, compassion. It's to be done with a a desire to help your brother, not to wound him, not to humiliate him, not to publicize that tiny little fault that he has. But the man who's got the plank in his own eye, Mr. Judgmental, he lives in blissful ignorance of his own situation. You you can think of some people like that, can't you? Uh, Around you. Do, Do you get the point? Why is it that we're so quick to condemn others? Why is it we're so quick to judge others and ignore the huge flaw, the huge sin, the huge failure in ourselves? 
It's hypocrisy. It's ignorance. It's sin. Stop. Here it is. Here's what I want you to understand. Stop exaggerating the sins of others. Stop focusing on the flaws of others and stop minimizing your own failures. If your goal is to help your brother, that's a good goal. But first, says Jesus, before you go to that brother, before you go to that sister, before you write that nasty post on social media, before you send that email, before you criticize your brother behind his back or even to his face, Jesus is saying, there's something that you must do. Take that huge log out of your own eye. And now, with prayer, with sensitivity, with care, and with love for the well-being of that brother or that sister, go to them. Paul deals with that in Galatians. In Galatians 6, verse 1, he says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should gossip about them, criticize them, send them a nasty email, post it on social media so everyone knows how bad they are. No, it's not what you're saying. You're saying, who would do that? Many are doing it. Many are doing it. And if you're doing it, stop it. Judge not that you be not judged. Listen to Paul. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is Paul saying? Keep a watch on yourself. Deal with yourself. And as you go to that brother with that fault who has committed that transgression, uh, who's got a speck or a log in his eye, as it were, do that carefully and first deal with your own sin. So first, don't be judgmental. Secondly, don't be a hypocrite. And third, be discerning. Verse 6, do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I read that and I thought, yes, I'm with the Lord. I understand the principle in the first two verses. I understand his uh, almost humorous illustration, which drives home the point in verses three, three through five, but verse six seems a bit out of it, doesn't it, on the face of it? It seems to have nothing to do with what precedes or what follows. But I think this is a point. That's a very important point. While we are not to be judgmental and certainly not to be hypocritical, we are to be discerning. A follower of Jesus is to be an individual of discernment. And Jesus gives an example about this. Now, the dogs mentioned here are not your cuddly golden retriever pet at home. That's not the picture. Uh, this is a picture of, of, of dogs. They're, they're vicious dogs. They're wild dogs. They, they, they go around trying to get food and they are, are wild dogs, vicious dogs. And then there are the pigs. This is not your friendly little pig in the farm, this nice and pink and cuddly. No, this is a wild pig, again, vicious. That's the, the picture. Wild dogs 
and wild pigs. And they are, of course, ceremonially unclean. Now, here's the point. Why would you take that which is holy? Why would you take that which is of great value? Why would you take something of, of uh, beauty, like pearls, and uh, throw them uh, to the dogs, throw them to the pigs? I mean, if you throw the pearls to the pigs and to the dogs, certainly to the pigs, you know what the pigs are going to do? They're going to try and eat them. Because a pig will virtually eat anything. But it's not going to eat pearls. Pearls cannot be, be chewed. And they're going to spit them out. And then, says Jesus, they'll trample them underfoot. So you take that which is holy, that which is beautiful, that which is of great value, and you throw them uh, to these wild, ugly, vicious animals, these wild dogs and wild pigs. And they don't eat them. No, they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. That's interesting, isn't it? What's holy? What, what are the pearls? I think the pearls are the gospel of that which is great value. Jesus is going to use an illustration in Matthew 13 about the man who searched for the pearl, an illustration of the kingdom of God. He's referring, as it were, to the pearl of great price, to the glorious message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How foolish it would be to take something holy, something of value, something of beauty, and present it to people who are going to mock you, who are going to savage you, and who are going to treat the gospel in a vile way. I think that's the point. Be discerning. Don't do that. I've had that of presenting the gospel to people and being ridiculed. Uh, they, they, they understand the gospel in, in theory. Not only do they reject it, Many people reject the gospel. No, these are, these are mockers. These are vile people. These are people who are going to, to swear and possibly even attack you. Now, it's true. And Matthew's going to make that very clear throughout his gospel and uh, coming to a brilliant summary in Matthew chapter 28. It's true we who are followers of Jesus Christ are to take the gospel to all the nations. It's true that God loves everyone. And that we, as God opens doors and he gives us strength, we are to present the gospel to everyone. This message reverberates around the whole world. It embraces the whole world. That's true. But as we live the Christian life, and as we seek to share the gospel with others, we are to be discerning. Not judgmental, not hypocritical, but discerning. There are people, I've known them, I'm sure some of you know them, there are people who not only reject the gospel, but are offensive, are vulgar and vicious. And when that happens, it's time to leave such people. Don't continue to throw your pearls before pigs. For example, in Matthew chapter 10, as Jesus is sending out the disciples, he tells them, listen, if you come to a place and they don't hear, hear from you, what are you to do? You're to shake the dust from your feet and you're to move on. Listen to the apostles, for example, in Acts 18, verse 6. Here's Saul and Timothy arriving from Macedonia with Paul, and he's testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. 
verse 6, and when they opposed and reviled, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. He has presented the message. They reject it. Not only do they reject it, they, as it were, trample it underfoot and they turn to attack the messenger and then it's time to move. Perhaps you have family, friends, colleagues at work and God has given you the opportunity to communicate the gospel. I trust you're doing that. But not only are they not receptive, they're like attack dogs. They love to belittle you. They love to insult you. Uh, they love, as it were, to trample the gospel under feet. Then it's time to stop. It's time to stop casting your pearls before the pigs be discerning. What have we learned this morning? Three important lessons. Very practical for all of us. None of us can say this doesn't apply to me. Lesson number one, don't be judgmental. Lesson number two, do not be a hypocrite. Stop judging others. Deal with yourself first. And third, be discerning. And with the help of God the Spirit, may we at church not be judgmental. I pray that this church, all churches, is not a judgmental church. It's not a church where we condemn people but we stand strong on the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the compassion of God and welcome all people. Yes, welcome sinners, just as God has welcomed us sinners into his family. So that people who come, who are broken, who are bruised, who are hurting, yes, who have messed up, will receive the message of the gospel, the love of God, poured into their hearts. Does that mean that we minimize the message? Absolutely not. We stand strong on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We stand strong that this is the word of God. We stand strong against false teaching and false teachers, but we point people to our Lord Jesus Christ where they will receive grace, forgiveness, and compassion and that we in turn, as we go into our families and our streets, are not known as those who condemn, as not known as people of prejudice, who are critical, who are censorious, but people of love, people of grace, people of mercy. You see, all of us deserve the judgment of God because all have sinned. I love John 3:16, but I love John 3:17. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's really my favorite verse, but the next verse comes close. John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In the New American Standard Version, it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world, should, but that the world through him, that is through Jesus, might be saved. And that word judge or condemned in our version is the same word that Jesus uses in John, in Matthew 7 verse 1, where he says, judge not that you be not judged. No, we are not to judge 
but the great judge who sees us in our sin and knows that we deserve judgment. You and I deserve God's eternal judgment, eternal separation in the lake of fire. But in the miracle of the gospel, the unique gospel, when God sends his son into this world, our blessed Savior comes not to judge, not to condemn. Who are you then to condemn when God in Christ doesn't condemn you? And so he sends his son not to condemn us, not to judge us, not to throw us into hell where we deserve, but he comes to save. He comes to save. And for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. How is it that God is able not to judge us because my blessed Savior, the sinless Christ, takes my judgment. He dies in my place. He is the unique one. He's the perfect one. You know, today people are tearing down these statues and saying, well, these historical figures uh, were basically sinful people. They got it wrong and they're absolutely right because I don't know of any single person throughout human history, throughout the Bible, take Abraham, take David, take Moses, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person is flawed, has failed, has prejudice, has done wrong things. Into such a world comes Jesus. And if you've never received his forgiveness, will you do that? Perhaps you feel condemned. And perhaps Christians have said hard things to you. And you feel really estranged from the church, estranged from God. Let me say to you that today the Lord Jesus in love welcomes you. Will you come with your brokenness? Will you come with your sin and come to the cross and cry out to Christ to save you? And he will do that. Not only will he save you, but he will give you the gift of his spirit so that as you live your life, that love and that mercy will be displayed to others. May we who are followers of Christ then not be people of condemnation, not people of judgment, but people of love and compassion. That is the way of Christ. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Today's message is titled, Don't Judge Me. And you can find this lesson along with all of John's previous messages over on our website at theverdict.org. And before we get to John's closing remarks, we'd like to tell you about the special resource we're currently offering. It's a booklet by John that will help you dig deeper in your study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This valuable guide will help you gain a fresh perspective on how relevant the teaching of Jesus continues to be for our lives today. The booklet is titled Life in the Kingdom, and you can get your free copy by going to theverdict.org. And while you're there, be sure to also sign up for our monthly email list to get the latest ministry updates from John click the sign up button on our homepage. And if you value the gospel work of this ministry, we invite you to be a part of our radio outreach this year and help us share these biblical teachings with new listeners by giving a financial gift. Your generous contribution will help cover the cost to deliver the truth of God's word through the radio to your neighbors, your community, and all around the world. To partner with us today, just go to theverdict.org. Or call us 
at 833-551-2231. Or send your check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? I know you don't want to be a judgmental person or a hypocrite, but are you the kind of individual who's always looking to criticize others while ignoring the blatant problems in your own life? Deal with a plank of wood in your own eye before taking out the tiny speck in your brother's eye. Certainly we are to be discerning, particularly when dealing with those hostile to the kingdom of God. Next time, Jesus will give us brilliant teaching on the importance of asking when we pray. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.